away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. We thank you very much for being with us today, wherever you're tuned in, however you're tuned in, could be through your computer, could be through your mobile device, I know you have that thing in your hand right now. Any way that you're tuned in, we thank you very much for being with us here on Territory Talk. And if this is your first time or your hundredth time listening to Territory Talk, we thank you very much just the same. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always. And we have lots to talk about as always here on Territory Talk. Some of it hockey related. Some of it's going to be food related. What do we have coming up, you asked? Well, a special guest during this program. So keep it locked right here because you want to hear from Panthers defenseman Kevin Connaughton, his first visit with us here on Territory Talk. It was a great conversation. Learned a little bit about his hockey journey, about him off the ice. We'll talk to him coming up in just a few moments' time. So keep it locked right here to Territory Talk. Panthers off to a great start on the ice, turning the page into the month of November, a few days since the last game. Jameson and I will talk about what's been working well for the team on the ice. And as we mentioned, we are going to talk some food, specifically hot dogs. FloridaPanthers.com. Fans, you can go over there right now, make your suggestions for what you think should be on the special Feltman's hot dog inside FLA Live Arena, the cat's dog. Go check that out at FloridaPanthers.com. But Jameson, as I mentioned, Panthers, a little bit of a break in the schedule, something that we haven't been too accustomed to since this season began. It's been a lot of hockey in a short period of time, but the Panthers, chance to catch their breath and We'll get ready now for a couple of big-time opponents coming up to FLA Live Arena a little bit later in the week. Tomorrow, of course, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Tomorrow, we will have the Washington Capitals coming to town. And then coming up on Saturday, we'll have the Panthers playing host to the Carolina Hurricanes in what is one of the real heavyweight tilts that we've had on the schedule so far this season. So some tough opponents, some entertaining opponents, some big games. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com, as always, We'd love to see you out at FLA Live Arena, but Panthers bringing an 8-0-1 record into this game Thursday night against the Washington Capitals. And again, the Panthers looking strong. Uh, first couple of games in the books under new interim head coach Andrew Brunette. Team playing well. What have you taken away from it? Jameson as the Panthers, again, had a little bit of a chance to rest before this big tilt against Washington. Yeah, and they needed it because they played four games last week. I think it was something like seven and ten days total or something like that. They've had a pretty hectic schedule against a lot of tough opponents here for the month of October. So now that they got into November to get a couple days to recharge here, uh, it's huge, and they're a little banged up, obviously. A couple guys probably not in the game tomorrow. Radko Gudis, Marcus Nudavara, Sam Bennett, uh, Brunette, who we call Bruno. So you All might, day to day. You might hear some Brunos now. So Bruno said after practice that they're day-to-day, probably not playing Thursday. The good news, Anton Lundell, who's missed the last uh, – four games. Uh, he looks like he's back. Uh, he was back at practice today. He's been nursing an upper body injury for a bit. Uh, Brunette said, obviously, you know, because he really hadn't skated much the last couple of weeks. This was his first practice back. He looked great, but at the same time, that doesn't make him a guarantee for Getting Thursday. A feel for it. Yep. But I, I think the signs look pretty good for him to play Thursday. So that's a great sign because the Panthers need him. They need not just his, you know, obviously offensive output. He has five points in five games, but uh, his work in the faceoff circle, because as I look back at the last couple of games in particular, the only area that I don't think the Panthers have really excelled in has been the 
faceoff circle. Uh, it's one, you know, the one area where I think they're getting hurt a little bit. So to have Anton Lindell back, that's going to be huge for them. Uh, whether it is Thursday or Saturday, it sounds like he's going to come back soon. Knock on wood, hopefully Thursday. Uh, but overall, like you said, uh, you know, playing under interim head coach uh, Andrew Burnett, I, I think the team really hasn't skipped a beat. Uh, obviously, they're all comfortable with him. They all know him. Alexander Barkov said after you know the last game that. Uh, he loves playing in front of him. He, he, he's got a great hockey mind. Let's not forget he's played over a thousand games in the NHL. He's been coaching uh, for about six years now or so. He's been an executive. He's you know seen it all, done it all. I, I loved everything he said. And you know I, I hadn't really talked to him much since he's been here with the Panthers. Obviously, you know, being an assistant coach, you don't engage with him too much, especially, you know, with last year and COVID, there was bubbles, there was walls. We weren't allowed to see these guys a ton. So being able to hear him speak the last couple of days, I think has been really impressive. I, I really like what he's had to say. He talked about not just himself, but, you know, all the assistant coaches, Derek McKenzie, Tuomo Rutu, uh, Ulf Samuelson, you know, as a group, they're keeping this team together. The players are all on board. And I think that's what's, you know, we've talked about in the past. This team is just so strong and so driven and so just together. I think we've heard the term family, you know, 1,800 times the last couple days, uh, particularly from guys like Aaron Ekblad, Jonathan Huberdeau, Alexander Barkov. They're they're all talking about family. I I know a lot of people have been doing the Fast and Furious memes around that, and that's deservedly so. Great job by you, the fans. But at the same time, it is true. These guys are a family. These guys, you know, they went through it all last season in the bubble. Most guys, you know, from last year on this team again, uh, they were basically attached at the hip last season. They were living at hotel rooms, couldn't go anywhere. These guys came so close so quickly last year because of the circumstances, and that's just carried over to this season. Uh, you know, they're strong on the ice. They're strong off the ice. And, I, you know, 8-0-1, Doug, after, after nine games. Get, We'd all take it, yeah. I would have taken much worse than that. We, we were talk, I remember we were talking preseason, you know, with how tough the schedule looked in October. I'm like, Six man, and three, I would have been ecstatic. That would have been, like, over the moon. Yeah. And here we are at 8-0-1, you know, the entire NHL is on board. You know, the, the bandwagon, there's still some space if you want to hop on, but seats are filling up fast. Panthers, you know, there's going to be ups and downs throughout the year, but I think, you know, obviously, based on what we've seen so far, going to be a lot more ups than downs. Uh, and I really like what I've seen, Doug. You're a big Fast and Furious guy, aren't you? Um, I've only seen one of them. I forget which one it was. Sorry, Vin. First one in Tokyo Drift, I think, are the most quotable in my favorites. Uh, the most rewatchability. Uh, number two is also great, but the rest, I've probably seen once. Take them or leave them. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, which one I saw, but I saw one of them. Mackenzie Weger did mention the other day as well. The leadership really stepped up in the, in the room. Guys like Joe Thornton, Patrick Hornquist, which isn't surprising. Aaron Eckblad, Alexander Barkov, of course. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the leadership uh, in the room is obviously strong. And, and in mentioning Andrew Burnett, uh, and you mentioned his track record, Mackenzie Weger, that was one of the things he said right away. He said, you, you look at the career he had, it speaks for itself. So you mentioned the thousand games he played the National Hockey League, uh, you know, more than that. Uh, and, the, and the pedigree that he has, uh, as Mackenzie Weger said, it speaks for itself. And it commanded uh, immediate respect and and the guys are familiar with them and he was you know he was running the power play and, and things like that uh you know in recent seasons so um team looks like again that it's really got its footing and, and just kept things uh going here as andrew brunette is the interim head coach of the panthers but the goaltending's continued to be solid the, yeah the goaltending's you know, been great this out of his mind spencer been, knight out of his mind the scoring's been balanced you know so balanced up and down the lineup uh i don't know it's it's hard to especially when you have stars at the level that the Panthers have. I mean, you've got guys like Barkov and Huberto and players like this. You look at every team in the National Hockey League, and the top guys are gonna have the top point totals. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know that I've ever seen a team where the top guys are getting theirs, but everybody else is getting yeah. theirs too. 
Well, I've never seen a team with so much balance. I know we're we're only nine games into the season. This thing's a marathon. We're one ninth of the way through the campaign, basically at this point in time. But that is a trend that can that's a trend that can hold over time. When you see that kind of that kind of balance in the lineup, the scoring is spread out as as it is, and they're doing so much of it at five on five, as I talked about uh, an episode or two ago. That's something that's sustainable, and that's why that's why you look at this team and what they've done. There's eight zero and one every nine games is going to be hard to maintain, <laughs> but that, that might get you in the yes, playoffs. That, that might uh, that might get you there. You might have a spot locked up by uh, by what January. You might have your spot <laughs> clinched uh, atop the division. Eight zero and one is hard to maintain every nine games, but. A winning record, being the Panthers being able to to get to where they want to go, what they're doing right now is sustainable, and it's going to lead to that. Yeah, and a couple of things off that. I, I remember when they were going for number eight uh, when we were in um, Detroit, and I was talking to Mackenzie Weger, and I asked him about, you know, it, it, has that has the streak kind of crept into your minds a little bit? Are you, are you now thinking, you know, guys, we got seven, let's make it eight. And they all said, you know, you know, it, it is still game by game, it's still shift by shift. We're not really thinking that big yet, but at the same time, there was no. Oh, gee, golly, we're happy we won this many. They want to win every single night. This is Do you a think team... they ever say, oh, gee, golly? I, I say think that it, I think. I, I think, say it. I think internally, maybe. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll give it all bubble. golly every once in a while. You do You do give some gollies. <laughs> but I, this team, I don't think if you told them you guys aren't going to go 82-0, and would say, yeah, we know that. They'd be like, oh, we haven't lost yet. Let's see what happens. And I love that confidence, I, and it comes from every guy in that room. But a couple things, you know, as we, before, before we get to our interview with uh, Kevin Kanaan, which is really great, um, just kind of looking at these last couple games here, uh, Doug, and I think uh, you talked about the offense. Uh, for the first seven games, this team scored at least four goals in all seven. It was really impressive, yep. and I think you talk about the balanced scoring. If you, if I were to tell you that, and you were then going to go to the stat sheet and say, okay, let's see who the Panthers' leading scorers are if they've scored four-plus goals a game, seven straight games, you'd expect a guy to probably be you know, Connor McDavid levels ahead, where maybe a guy's got 15 points, the next highest guy is seven or eight. But it was, I, I believe it was Huberto. Yeah, Jonathan Huberto, you know, right over a point a game. Just yeah. over a point a game. And then you had Barkov, I think, was at a point a game at the time, and there was a couple guys maybe a point below. And then underneath that, it was like five points, five points, five points, five points, four points. Five. It, it, so many guys are just, like you said, everyone's eating. Everyone's mm-hmm. at the table. Everyone's getting a little something to eat. And I think that, that also just makes the room that much stronger, the fact that every guy in that room – Everyone knows they're contributing, but you can also actually see it on the score sheet, and you can say we're all we're all getting involved here. That's really impressive. But you know, and they all need to eat lots of calories. Yeah, it takes to play. They, they, they do yeah. eat a lot. Yeah, you know, they burn I've a lot seen out it. there. Yep. Um, and you mentioned the goaltending story, Wabrowski. At this point, I think we're we're you know past saying, oh, what, what a nice start. He's just he's in the zone, and he's going to be in the zone until he's not in the zone anymore. But he is absolutely lights out. Spencer Knight's been great from what we've seen from him. It's absolutely spectacular. Uh, at this point, I keep forgetting he's twenty years old with how good he is. But that's only going to get better. Um, but Last time we were on the show, we hadn't played that game against Boston. Here, took you know quick work of Boston, great game. Anthony Duclair, the uh, the Bobby Orr goal flying through the air was you know, one of the nicest goals I've seen in quite a while. So stick tap to him. You go to Detroit, and I want to retroactively go back. And I know I took away my Detroit prediction in our predict- preseason predictions. Hey, but uh, our predictions. Our predictions were... They're locked in, I know. They were not good this time around. But no, no, not those predictions. Not those predictions. Oh. Not our weekly predictions. Our we'll weekly predictions. Our weekly predictions were a giant... Pre- yeah. Our preseason predictions where I initially said I thought the Red Wings might sneak sneak a wild card spot, but Jacob Rana injury... Those predictions. I knocked him out. Well, after watching him again, even without Jacob Rana, like, that's a... That's a good team. That, that team gives 100%. They're, they're going to put up a fight every time we play them, but that was a wild game. How exciting was watching, you know, Huberto sauce that pass to Barkov for the game winner. That's just classic Panthers. That's one of those highlights that I think we'll see, you know, years down the road when we're raising a couple numbers into the rafters and things like that. So um, great game. And then, you know, in Boston, 
you know, second half of a back-to-back, uh, exhausted, just like we said, a four-game week. So much had gone on, and the guys still get out there. And I think they played well enough to win that game. You know, Linus mm-hmm. Allmark, stick type to him. He made a ton of big saves. Three out of four points on a road back-to-back, you'll take that all the time. And like I said, especially with, 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 with everything going on, but I, really impressive. And I, I think uh, just looking at, you know, that first month as a whole, you know, just so incredible, probably, you know, well beyond the start they probably even needed. This was just an, a, a spectacular start for these guys. Uh, even in that game they lost like the, uh, against Boston, like I said, I really liked so many things in that game. And also missing some guys as well. Let's not mm-hmm. forget, bitten by the injury bug here. Uh, so they're going to deal with injuries all season long, but once again, that's why this team is going to succeed is because they are so deep. We saw a practice uh, today on Wednesday. You know, Sam Bennett's out. He's day-to-day. You know what? You got Sam Reinhart there. He, Two second line center right there. There you go. Exceptional. Uh, there's so many moving pieces that you can move and place in certain places for the Panthers to make them still strong top to bottom four lines and of course three D pairs as well. So um, yeah, what else can you say when a team's eight and zero and one except you know wow. And now that we've seen nine games and one month off the schedule, we haven't really discussed this much. But and obviously this is easy to do when both guys are playing it an all-world level, but the way the goaltending rotations come into play, the schedule has lined up perfectly for it. The, the the goaltenders are performing at a very high level, so that makes things easy, but it's gone Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, night. Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, night. It's been a rotation. Is that your mantra? You just that's, chant that when you're trying to get in the zone? Yes. Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, night. That's what it's... Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, night. That's what it's turned into. And again, when, when both guys are playing great and when the schedule's lined up perfectly and everybody's healthy, knock on wood... It's easy to get into that rotation, and I think if this were to continue along, it seems like it would be a, a good rotation for a number of reasons, for keeping for keeping them both fresh, for Spencer Knight's development. It would it would be a win for everybody across the board. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, the schedule is going to throw different things at us, but right now you got to like how that's uh, how that's all falling together. And last thing I'll say to kind of show you where the mindset of the team is at is, of course, after that game winner. Um, in Detroit, Barkov kind of did the Barkov thing where he gave the smile to the guys. It was like, nice pass, but he kind of gave that little Barkov smile that we all love where it's just so good, so amazing. And then, but what we saw the next game in Boston, when he had that go-ahead goal in the power play, his little kind of like leg pump thing he did was basically in Barkov world, in, in terms of Sellies, was the equivalent of a regular player like throwing all their pads in the stands. There was some extra oomph to that Lighting one. a fire and playing pulling a guitar out of the bench and shredding guitar. That was like the most extreme we've seen from Barkov in a while. That just shows you how amped up these guys are and how excited they are for, you know, these games and these moments with how good they're playing this season. So, um, Doug, we're only nine games in. we got a lot more to go. I can't wait. There's a lot on the line every night. That's uh, that's what's bringing that intensity. Folks, we are here on Territory Talk, obviously. You're tuned into it. We thank you very much for it. And Territory Talk, as always, is presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Time to dive into this week's featured guest conversation. Joining us for the first time on Territory Talk, Panthers defenseman Kevin Connaughton. All right, Kevin, well, first, thanks for stopping by. First time here on Territory Talk, so great to have you. Just in case you're wondering, uh, Mackenzie Weger was a recent guest on the show. He's the all-time leader among Panthers players in appearances here on uh, on the Territory Talk podcast. It's something he holds near and dear, but maybe you, we can uh, get you to catch up to him uh, at some point in time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you guys ask, I'll come every week if I got to, so yeah. Un- unofficial co-host for the yes, future, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. I know it's something that uh, that he holds in high regard, but, anyway, but I want to dive in first. Just talking about the, the start of the season here, you guys had a great first month of the season in the in the win column. Um, I know it's something you guys, you knew what you were capable of, you knew what kind of talent you had in the dressing room. How's everything feel out there on the ice? 
it feels good. I think, you know, the, the common theme right now is that we're a confident group. Um, it's, it's just one of those situations where things are clicking right now. Uh, the team's had a lot of success on the ice, but at the same time, you know, I don't think we're, we're letting that kind of trickle in off the ice into our mindset and how guys prepare and how guys are getting ready for games. Cause if you read the headlines a little too much, uh, and you get a little too full of yourself, you know, that can be dangerous too, as a group, but, uh, no, I think the guys are doing a great job at kind of, you know, staying, uh, even keel with everything and, and making sure that we're prepared to go and, and, you know, pick up as many wins as we can. Do you guys feel that target on your back maybe a bit more this year than you did last year? Last year, you kind of snuck up on some people. This year, you came into the year and everyone said, the Panthers are going to be a great team. we got to bring our best against these guys. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I think teams come in here now and um, and they want to play hard and they want to win. Uh, it's a good challenge for other teams because, obviously, like we said, we're, we're having a lot of success. So, you know, maybe historically the, the trip to Florida looked a little different for teams, but now it's one they probably got circled and uh, – one that they are preparing for, which is, which is fun. That's what you want to do. You want to be a competitive team. You want to you want to go into games knowing you got a chance to win, and uh, you want other teams bringing their best against you. Turning back the clock a little bit, uh, during camp, during the preseason, you'd mentioned that you know when you were going through your offseason training and everything like that, something that was fueling you was you know knowing what what this team was capable of and and everything like that. Was there a time last year where you maybe felt like? Uh, you know, the team really turned a corner or was there a moment where you felt like, you know, this team took that that leap to being a, a contender because you guys certainly are. Yeah, I think it was just kind of consistently throughout last year. Obviously, I watched a lot of the games being on the taxi squad and you just see uh, kind of chemistry building within different lines. Um, you'd see, you know, the systems uh, becoming a bit more natural and instinctive to guys, uh, less kind of question marks of when to go, what to do. So, when you start to get things like that and it kind of snowballs and, and you start having more success as a group and everyone feels more comfortable and um yeah luckily for us that all translated into this year too so far and it's up to us now to keep that going when you talk about the taxi squad uh, how much pride did you just take in your role on that squad last season because first time it's ever happened hopefully last time we ever have a taxi squad but it, it was really important for all teams in the league so many you know young guys coming up playing through it so many injured guys coming back and rehabbing through it it was kind of a really integral step for a lot of players out playing on that taxi squad yeah it was it was uh it was unique for sure um i looked at it though like i said earlier i looked at it as a great opportunity uh the way free agency went for me last year um you know it wasn't looking very very good uh over here in north america i actually signed a contract in Russia, but really? I, I never sent it back to them. <laughs> Do you but, have it still? Is it uh, a memento? Yeah, it's somewhere on my computer, I think. It was a DocuSign. <laughs> but um, it was just one of those things. Yeah, like it was, it was super late into the offseason. I figured, you know what, I've waited this long. You know, I'm just going to ride this out and, and see what happens. And got a call day after Christmas so I could come try out here and, and uh, came in, did my quarantine, jumped right into camp. And yeah, I was fortunate enough to get a contract. So taxi squad for me was was a job one that i was grateful for and you know it was fun we had a great group of guys on it and the the organization was nice enough to let us stay involved with the whole team you know you talk to some other guys that went through it last year they're pretty isolated from the main group uh we were pretty involved with the main group the whole year uh so that was nice getting to know the guys and um yeah i was fortunate to get in some games too and now here we are and now here we are. How much do you think your time last year on the taxi squad helped you get this contract this year? You know, the organization knows you. They know how hard you work, things like that. I think it was huge. I think they appreciated the fact that, you know, you're not 
coming in, dragging your feet. And, and I mean, that happens when guys aren't playing a lot. Uh, if you start pouting, you know, you, you can get checked out pretty quick and people notice it pretty quick too. So that's never a recipe for success. It's just, yeah, I think not just me. I think everyone on that group uh, stayed real positive. We had fun with it, made the most of it. And, uh, yeah, I do think it, it played a big role in them wanting me to come back. And I think, uh, you know, the guys like me and, and the coaches seemed to like me. So it was a good fit, and I was more than happy to sign here. First time in the history of the show we've had the word docu, docu-sign uh, thrown out. There. So that could, be the, that could be the word of the week here. But, but uh, looking at the, the group overall, too, last year was a lot of guys, yourself included, first year with the, with the team, first year with the organization. Now coming into this year, ton of familiarity. A lot of guys returning. You know, a lot of guys that are familiar faces now. Do you notice? Uh, I guess that part of the confidence that you talked about, that comfort level, coming from the fact that guys, you know, the, they have that year under their belt here. They know their way around from the little things to just being teammates together. Everything does that. Does that help the overall just comfort level that the group has? I think so. Uh, I think too. You know, during free agency, there were uh, the Panthers. You know, they didn't go and, and grab too many guys. I think. That kind of sent a message to the room. I don't know if it was intentional, but I think guys looked at that and said, "All right, like you know, they they believe in what we got here. They believe in the group, and now it's up to us to to show them that they're right." So, obviously, there's a few pieces picked up, which were great additions, but uh, they didn't blow up the roster by any means. It was, uh, you know, they believed in last year wasn't a fluke. That success, and, and they're looking to see what we could do this year. So it was great. I think the guys looked at that as an opportunity to really roll together and, and have some success together. And you mentioned the that vote of confidence from the organization, knowing that there's confidence in the group that uh, that's in place. When you see, though, you know, a, a key piece get added in, obviously not wholesale changes, but in the offseason, a, a key piece, a guy like Sam Reinhardt, a proven guy, gets put into the mix. Uh, how much does that boost everybody, I guess, thinking like, okay, we already had a good team. Now they're going out and getting us that, uh, you know, one or two little little mm-hmm. parts that we can put in here to, to maybe put us over the top. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, they, the, the pieces they did bring in were, were ones that were, you know, welcomed with open arms and great players. So, um, yeah, you know, whenever you can add guys like that, uh, that's a huge addition to the team. And then obviously, you know, the, the tough part of the business too is guys depart right and take off guys like Yans and Strawman. I know that I didn't get to know them super well in the course of the year, but I know they're really well respected within the room. So I know guys are, it's always tough to see guys like that leave, but um, yeah, overall, uh, I think this group's happy with where we're at and with the personnel we got and looking forward to continuing it on the ice. And like we said, this is your first time on the show. Whenever we get a guy on for the first time, we like to just hear, you know, the story, the journey a little mm-hmm. bit. So for yourself, obviously growing up in Canada, I'm yeah. sure you were in skates at a very young age, but it's going to take us through how you got into hockey. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the typical Canadian, everyone kind of tries hockey at some point. There's not a whole lot of other sports going on. You know, I don't, I don't even remember a, an organized baseball league or anything. <laughs> uh, there might've been one, but I wasn't uh, a part of it. Um, yeah, it was kind of just hockey, hockey, hockey growing up. Um, made my way through the minor hockey system there in Edmonton. I actually went to Shattuck St. Mary's when I was 14 oh, wow. in Minnesota, tried it out there. Didn't really, it wasn't a good fit. I think I was a little too young to be there mm-hmm. far away from home. So came back at thank American Thanksgiving, uh, played junior A in Alberta, uh, went to college, 
Well, what another decision I saw on your DB page? It was just the one year yeah. at Western Michigan. Was that just uh, this feels right for my development? No, or? it was. I mean, it's yeah, it was. Uh, it's been it's been an interesting kind of journey there. Like I committed to go there as a 19 year old, and I was at training camp in my junior A team, and then uh, one of their defensemen wasn't eligible to play or something. I don't know if he had mm -hmm. his grades or whatever the situation was. So they called me uh, in August and said, hey, we need you to come this year. So I ended up going as a true freshman. I uh, got drafted after that season as a 19-year-old because um, I was passed over my first year of eligibility. And then the Canucks told me they wanted me to go to the WHL. So I had to leave. To the, you know, you get your marching orders from an yep. NHL team and pack the car up and leave. I didn't want to. It was, you know, it was sadly, I really enjoyed college. I, we had a great group there. Remember? College rivalries like that. Yeah. Well, how does that compare to maybe what else you've done throughout your career? Oh, it was great. College was really cool. The, the student section and, and, like you said, the rivalries and the, the game day experience and, and the arenas that they have and the history. Um I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. I was looking forward to kind of four years there, and you know things things change in this game pretty quickly, and it did for me. And next thing you know, I'm in the WHL and back out west. So, yeah, nothing but good things to say though about Western Michigan. Um, and then I was off to the WHL and then turned pro. And I mean, after that, I've been. It's kind of been all over the place. But uh, what, what's that journey been like? I mean, like you said, you look at your hockey DB page. It's yeah. so many different stops. Uh, kind of living out of a suitcase a little bit. Is that I'm sure early on that was pretty wild, but now that you you get a little bit older in life, do you kind of like you know? But now here you are, back to back years, getting to settle down a little bit more. You know, it was it was easier when I was younger because it was just me. Mm -hmm. um, now with a wife and daughter, uh, the whole packing up and moving around and, and or not knowing where you're going is a little more stressful. Um, but yeah, like uh, first year I was in Winnipeg with the Moose, and then the Jets came back, so we had no choice. We had to leave. Uh, we got sent to Chicago. All the Canucks prospects and I, you know it's it's been a, a journey it's everyone has their own journey and I've moved around a lot but it's been awesome I'm grateful for it and I've met some unbelievable people of hockey's given me a ton of stuff I've walked through doors that I probably wouldn't be able to if I wasn't playing hockey you know uh, I got some friends for life that I've gotten from the game uh, just tons of experiences I've learned a ton and um yeah, you know, you know, ideally you don't want to bounce around, play on different teams, but there's a lot of positives to it too. And looking at your thing, I mean, Dallas, Arizona, Florida, is that a coincidence? Or are you kind of targeting oh, the nicer weather? Coming from know. Edmonton, are you kind of targeting the nicer weather a little Unfortunately, bit? Unfortunately, I don't choose the cities. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cities choose me on that one. I've lucked out with some good weather, so that's been nice. And Dallas is actually home now for me in the offseason. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's been good. Like I said, uh, super grateful for – what I've been able to do the last, you know, 12 years of professional hockey and uh, looking forward to what's what's ahead. And you've played in your career with some some great teammates, some accomplished coaches. Is there, is there any, you know, maybe a, a leader that you've uh, that you've been with at some point that's really made an impact on your game uh, specifically? Yeah, you know, it's it's been cool being in different rooms and, and seeing different leaders. Guys obviously lead in different ways. Um, you know, it was it was fun to suit up next to a guy like Shane Doan who's who's been around or was around for you know the longest time and um kind of the history he had with that franchise and and stuff like that so yeah I've, I've played for some great captains and then you got a guy like Barkey who obviously just goes out there every day and leads by example and, and you know it's fun to watch and you can tell guys uh get motivated by what he does so um 
Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to play for some great captains, being in some great rooms. And like I said, I got some friendships for life from, you know, the teammates that I've played with. And I know we're all excited for, for the rest of the season. But last one for me, just personally, just a little mm -hmm. bit about yourself, uh, hobbies, uh, anything you're into. What do you kind of like off the ice? Um, I, I'm kind of hot and cold with golf. Some summers I, <laughs> I try and get out there every day. And then other summers I just want nothing to do with it. But uh, that's always fun. Um, Got into real estate investing a lot really? last year. Yeah, a lot of downtime last mm. year on the taxi squad. So I was able to kind of <laughs> get things in motion with that, which has been cool. And, you know, I, I've only have my high school education mm -hmm. in a year at Western Michigan. So it's uh, it's fun to kind of dive back into the books and, and start learning some stuff again and, you know, flexing some, some mental muscles mm -hmm. instead of just sitting in the gym and going to the rink and everything. So that's been a lot of fun. Other than that, just hanging with the family, raising my daughter right now, which has been an amazing experience. Um, How old is she? She's 16 months. Okay, so yeah. uh, what was the what was the baby Halloween costume? Uh, she was a lion, and I was a lion, and the wife was a ringleader. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. She loved it. It was a little hot though. We didn't ex we didn't plan for the Florida trick or treating at you know 5:30. She was <laughs> the candy gets a little yeah, melted. Me and her were sweating pretty good, but we were, she enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so I mean, now that uh, that eat up a lot of time, but uh, other than that, just hanging out, love coming to the rink and, and making the most of uh, you know playing the NHL. And the last thing for me, I mean, you guys have had a, a great start to the season on the ice, just in terms of moving forward here. I mean, what's the what's the biggest key? Just to stay in the moment, take each game one at a time, and and hope to continue building on it. Yeah, I I think the biggest thing is just not getting too confident as a group and like I said not reading those headlines and obviously a lot of people are talking about our team because the success we've had early but that doesn't mean anything if you're not uh, still playing in June right so it's up to us to just take it game by game um, you know obviously feed off the success we have but don't get too far ahead of ourselves and I think we're gonna be all right well, thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, your first time on Territory Talk. Yeah. We thank you very much for stopping by, and, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's great. Big thanks, Kevin Connaughton, for joining us right there. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Great to sit down and chat with him, get to know him a little bit, picked up some uh, some really cool stuff there, talking about the confidence of the team, learning a little bit about his hockey journey as well. I know Jameson came off uh, a question that you asked, but uh, he was – uh, very close, it sounded like. The word DocuSign came yeah. into the conversation. He still got it somewhere. He was a DocuSign away from uh, making his way overseas prior to last season, and I think everybody's happy with how things have turned out. That DocuSign didn't get returned over to the uh, team in Europe. Yeah, I'm just so impressed with, with, with Kevin Kanaan. He's such a nice guy, as you can all hear in that, that interview. Just a guy that, you know... You know, second round pick, you know, got a little bit of taste early on, then kind of had a pretty steady career for three or four seasons. He played about 40, 50 games. And then, like you said, uh, he went back down to the AHL. And then coming out of that, he was saying, you know, phone really wasn't ringing, but he got this call from the Panthers day after Christmas. That's a cool story. But he, y you have that mindset, you know, do I, do I go for this unsure thing that keeps me in the NHL or do I go take a contract and play overseas in Russia? And I, I just love that he, he bet on himself there a bit and took that contract because it's, there's so many guys. It's so hard to not only make the NHL but stay in the NHL. And if you leave, especially you know when you're mid late twenties, like you're probably not coming back. That's the end of a dream, and that's tough. Um, so for him to to do that and stick around and have it work out, it's just fantastic. I mean, I've seen so many guys, you know, make their debuts with the Panthers or play a couple games with the Panthers and think to myself, okay, cool, this is the start of something. 
No, it, it was the end of something. It, it's so hard for guys to string together a, a full career in the NHL when you are on that bubble. So for him to have you know, 300-plus games, to now be here with the Panthers playing some important games. Uh, it, it's a great story of perseverance, and he said, you can't drag your feet. You know, you, you got to go 100% every day, and he did a great job on the taxi squad last year. Guys that were on that squad, whether it was, you know, like I said on the call, guys rehabbing or guys, you know, rookies coming in trying to learn the ropes. He was a great mentor and a great person for these guys to work with, uh, and he provides a lot of value in that sense. And right now he's providing value because, you know, he started the season as a seventh defenseman, immediately you know, called up, was starting the sixth defenseman, mm-hmm. and now with a couple of injuries, he might be the fifth defenseman here heading into Thursday's game with the injuries the Panthers have. So he, he can give you some minutes, he can give you that value, and he can also just be that good personality that fits in so well in that role. So, you know, stick tap to Kevin Connaughton. You know, happy we finally got him on the podcast. He was stoked to be on it. Uh, I don't think he does a lot of podcasts, he was saying, so he was really excited to get on and chat and kind of share his story a bit. But, yeah, you know, especially, I mean, I was already rooting for him, but after talking to him there, he's definitely one of those guys I think you root for. Um, and like I said, betting on yourself, having it, you know, getting rewarded with that, uh, I just love to see that. Yeah, always been a big fan of his game. I remember seeing him when he played in the American Hockey League, 2012, uh, 2012 AHL All-Star game, hardest shot when he was a member of the Chicago Wolves at the uh, AHL All-Star Skills Competition back in 2012, Kevin Connaughton, and uh, again, always, always enjoyed uh, watching him play, always liked his game, and uh, really happy to see him in a Panthers uniform here in this 21-22 season, of course, dating back to last year. So big uh, big thanks to him. Great to catch up with him here on Territory Talk. One more topic, and I know this always uh, strikes a chord well, with a lot of topics. you. Two we more topics. we got this topic, and then we got to do our predictions. Yes. Uh, before we uh, step away here, I want to get to one thing really quickly. We mentioned the uh, cat's dog from Feltman's. Uh, yes. You can go online right now and make your suggestions but Jameson, a lot of folks, it, it really became a point of controversy yesterday discussing various that. hot dog. You know, I like to blow things out of proportion. <laughs> it uh, yesterday on Twitter, there was a firestorm. Um, we were caught in the middle of it. Uh, it was it, it got it got crazy at times, and uh, it all had to do with hot dog condiments. And I know this is something a lot of folks out there feel very passionately about. And uh, and looking at a lot of the suggestions, things started rolling in. People started voicing their opinions. And then you said that you are ketchup only on hot dogs. Yes. Oh, purpose that we, we, we are still friends. Don't worry. Yes. Don't worry. But and I, I had a couple supporters of the hashtag ketchup crew. Yeah. It's come, a, to my, come to my defense. It's a bad decision on your part. I just... I I was disappointed. Born ketchup, it's disappointed. Delicious. I think mustard's a bit overpowering. I think it takes away from the dog itself. I like the bitter. I like the tartness. It takes of away the must- from the dog. And then once you start getting into like relish, onions, sauerkraut, I like relish. Big what relish, are you even man. doing at that point? You want to taste the dog, don't you? You do, but a good hot dog should have a flavor that that can transcend condiments. And here's the thing: I want to throw this out there. Everybody knows. I don't do ketchup on hot dogs now. You know that. Also, I will you say only, I... only Heinz ketchup. Okay. Get the hunts out of here. It's very interesting. Different. Interesting. I, I just, I, as long as it's ketchup, I'm, I'm Oh, no. Good There's varying the levels of ketchup. But there are different levels. I get it. I get it. Glass bottle ketchup can taste a little better, too. It does. It does. Uh, there are, and I, they don't do that as much anymore. Everybody knows that I don't like ketchup on my hot dogs now. Everybody knows I don't like soup. Just do you for like ketchup my... on anything? I love ketchup. It's the official condiment of fries. I tweeted that later on. You must not have been paying attention. No, I missed that. No, one. I got in, got involved in a discussion and, uh, and mentioned that ketchup was the official. So you condiment like the taste of, fries. of ketchup? Just love not it. Just not on a hot dog. I just don't think that it really. I just don't think it goes there. But I don't care if all of you do it. I don't care if all of you eat ketchup soup. on burgers. Not telling other people Wait, what to ketchup eat. Ketchup on burgers though. Like ketchup on burgers. Like mustard on burgers. 
it's a different realm. Now, I, my favorite thing on a hot dog doesn't work. If you go the to the, dog. if you go to like Portillo's or something in Chicago, that is what I like on my hot dog. I like mustard. I like pickles. I like sport peppers. I like celery salt. I really don't like onion. Now, how is that even staying on the dog? It holds. You'd be surprised. <sighs> You'd be surprised. It holds. I just ketchup. Very plain Jane. Love ketchup on a dog. That's but one one other thing I will say, and this might be also controversial, is that I do heavily prefer turkey dogs over beef dogs. Interesting. I do. And also, this isn't even a controversy thing. This isn't an everyone thing. A lot of people just don't have the time for it. But a grilled dog is better than any dog. Oh, yeah. But you just who has the time these days to right. grill a dog? Yep. How do you cook your hot dogs at home? Do you cook hot dogs at home? Me? Yeah. I, I, I pan fry. Really? Yeah. Uh, I And some butter. I can't remember the last time I'm I'm a if I get a hot dog I'm someplace as as George Costanza Costanza would I'm a fan of the bar dog the bar dog is when I get a hot dog I'm out I'm doing something (laughs) I don't it's when you're on the go have yeah I can't tell you since the last it would be since the last time I had a foreman I a foreman grill I have not uh, made a hot dog in my house do you do pretzel dogs from like an Annie's would you grab one in the airport of the mall no neither would I but a coach I worked with one time during my hockey journeys got hungry and we were in a tight flight layover mm-hmm. and he grabbed one at the airport and brought it on the plane. It's the only time I've ever seen somebody get one of those pretzel dogs. Picking a blanket? Nah. Really? I like them. I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to go out of my way for it. And I wouldn't put it in my like, I go through I wouldn't phases put it in my top tier of orders. Where like I won't eat a pig in a blanket for a couple of years and then like I'll spot it at the store and then I'll probably do it for like a meal for like three times in a month and I'll be done again for three years. When bagel bites are out of stock or what? Bagel Bites have been out of stock. I don't know what's happening at Bagel Bite HQ, but they have been low lately. I've been going to the store, and I've been looking for some B-Bites, as they call them. B-Bites. Some B-Bites, yeah. Gotta be in the club and, for that. Um, gotta be in the club for that. I got my B-Bite card. Um, and I've seen, like, they've had a lot of, like, meat lovers, but the base cheese has been missing a bit lately. Pepperoni's been a bit thin. It just seems like something's going on, whether it's just people like myself just hoarding these things. Or maybe there's something wrong in the production line. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza, pizza in the supper time. Maybe, maybe you got to have two parts of the day instead of three. You can't accommodate three parts of the eating, day anymore. If people like me are eating this for three meals a day, yeah, it's going to dry up. It's, it, we can't accommodate that. <laughs> Population's growing. Everybody's eating bagel bites. They're drying up. Jameson's going to have problems. If well, we like, but Doug, like we said. They, endangered species now. Bagel bites. I don't think I'm going to win the cat dog contest. The cat's dog contest. No, I think you got some My ketchup dog, there. I don't think it's going to sell in the arena. But your dog, the listener, might sell. So go make sure to go to Florida. Mine might work. The only problem is it's been done. It's been it, it's not a it's not really an original idea. The Chicago no. style hot dog. It's been done. But hey, go FloridaPanthers.com. Go and put in your suggestion. Do that right now before we wrap up the show. Jameson predictions for these two home games. Yes. Coming up. So to summarize, I believe you are still leading two one on the scoreboard. Yep. Nobody picked up points. Nobody last week. got any points last week. Big swing and a miss. I predicted Sergey have a shutout. He got, came close, yep. but didn't get one, and you predicted... I made a two-part prediction. You went for big points, and yeah. it backfired, because you had Frank Vetrano scoring twice, including once against Boston, and Gouda scoring a goal, so over two. Which, all those things came close, but... Yes. But a lot had to happen. So so this week, what do we got? We got the Capitals Thursday. Capitals Thursday. The Hurricanes, Saturday. All right, here's what I'm going to predict. Can I make the, This is only a one-point prediction. I'm not going to go crazy this time. The Panthers will shut out the opposition in one of these games. And that's a that's a lofty prediction because they're playing against two very good hockey teams. Yeah, but you're so, we got to go weak predictions here, though, because we have 
four games before the next episode. We have, okay. We got two home. We got Washington and Carolina at home Thursday, Saturday. And we got that back-to-back uh, against the Rangers and Devils Monday, Tuesday Okay, away. the Panthers will so have... four games to predict. I'm going to go two-parter here. We've got to keep the weekly strategy. Panthers will have one shot out over these next four games, and Radko Gudis is going to score a goal over the next four games. You know what? Because Gudis is currently injured and not playing, and that could last a game, last two games, we don't know. But right now he's day-to-day. I'm going to give you three points. Wow. Okay. If all those come true. I could take a commanding lead. That'd be a commanding lead. I'm going to play it super safe. And I'm going to say, this is for one point because I think, I think so highly of this man. Um, Alexander Barkov over the next four games gets two goals, at least one point. I'm trying to pull within a tie here for, uh, after, after this week of you, you're trying to just completely pull away. So yeah, there's our predictions right there on Twitter. If you have your own at Jameson Coop at Doug Plagans, let yep. us know. Yep, can't wait to hear. Uh, can't wait to hear your predictions, and uh, we'll see if ours pan out when we have another episode of Territory Talk next week. Because that's going to do it for this edition of Territory Talk here for this week. Thank you very much, everybody, for being on board with us. Big thanks, Panthers defenseman Kevin Connaughton, for stopping by the show. Hope to have him on again in the future. And uh, as I said once again, thanks for being with us. You can find Territory Talk wherever you find your favorite podcast. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. This has been Territory Talk, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.